Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. Just as a soldier will find it very difficult to keep going through those drills when there's no enemy in sight, so a Christian will have little motivation to discipline himself when he doesn't understand that he has been enlisted for service to Christ, when he has a clear view of his purpose in life. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor Dr. Robert Jeffress. You know, at some point or another, everybody wonders about their purpose in life. So, have you discovered yours? Or are you still searching? Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress describes our God-given purpose and shares how our everyday choices can either make or break our ability to fulfill that purpose. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. You'd probably never know it. But most of the people you meet on a day-to-day basis are silently struggling. Sometimes behind those broad smiles, there's a battle raging. A battle with depression or addiction or anxiety. Perhaps the same is true for you. You've learned how to put on a face for others, but deep inside, you're feeling overwhelmed. Well, those negative moods you experience aren't just a natural part of life. They're a deliberate and deadly attack from Satan. We can't afford to become naive because the enemy has you in his crosshairs and he's ready to destroy you. To help you win that spiritual battle, we've spent the entire month of August conducting an in-depth study on the subject of spiritual warfare. And before time runs out, I want to make sure you request your copy of my best-selling book on this important topic. My book is titled, The Divine Defense, in which I give you six biblical tools for defending yourself against Satan's deadly attacks. A copy of my book, The Divine Defense, is yours when you give a generous gift to support the growing ministry of Pathway to Victory. We'll say more about my book and other helpful resources after today's message. But right now, let's continue our study of Ephesians chapter 6. I've titled today's study, These Boots Were Made for Walking. The playwright George Bernard Shaw once wrote, This is true joy in life, being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish, little clot of ailments and grievances, constantly complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. George Bernard Shaw was not a Christian, but he understood the value of a clearly defined purpose in life. Purpose gives us enjoyment in life. But that's not all. As we're going to discover today, understanding your God-given purpose in life can be a strong deterrent to Satan's attacks upon your life. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we began looking last week at the third uh, piece of spiritual armor, the third strategy for defeating Satan's plan to destroy us. Uh, Ephesians six fifteen says, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, we don't talk about shodding a whole lot in today's culture, but what he's talking about is making sure you have the right spiritual footwear, the right boots. 
Remember the Roman soldier had to wear the right boots to successfully engage in battle. Those thick-soled metal-enhanced boots gave the Roman soldier stability when he was in hand-to-hand combat. It also gave him protection from stones and uh, sticks that the enemy placed underground. In the same way, we Christians need the stability and protection that having the right purpose in life provides. We said last week that that spiritual boot that we're to put on, what it is that gives us stability and protection in life as a Christian is our willingness and ability to share the gospel with other people. And uh, I shared with you last week three principles I want you to write down if you don't remember it from last week. Just a brief reminder. Remember, first of all, God created you for a unique purpose in life. God's purpose for your life is bigger than getting up every morning, going to work, coming home, eating dinner, watching a little television, and going to bed. That is not his purpose for your life. You have a greater purpose in life. And secondly, we saw your purpose is to fulfill God's purpose. There's only one reason God's left you on this foreign outpost called planet Earth instead of taking you to heaven. He has a purpose for you, and that purpose is to connect to his purpose of seeking and saving those who are lost, to expand the kingdom of God by rescuing people from Satan's kingdom and delivering them to the light of Christ's kingdom. You and I have been called to join God with that purpose. And then thirdly, we saw that fulfilling your purpose is the key to fulfillment in life. You will never be satisfied in life until you have a relationship with an eternal companion, that's God, and you have an eternal purpose, that's his purpose. We all have a sense of eternity in our hearts, and until we fill our lives with something that will transcend this life, We are never going to be truly satisfied. We need an eternal companion. We need to adopt his eternal purpose. And that leads to the fourth statement we're going to look at today about purpose. Living your purpose helps you to thwart Satan's attack. What is the connection between sharing the gospel, making that the foundation of your life, and being successful in the spirit wars? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. The fact is, when you really keep your God-given purpose in life in the forefront of your mind, you will find that it is a powerful deterrent to Satan's attacks. Because when you understand your purpose, it will help you make three crucial choices in your life that are absolutely essential to victory in spiritual warfare. What are those choices? Number one, write it down. Choosing purity over immorality. When you understand and you live your purpose in life, you'll find it much easier when temptation comes to choose purity over immorality. Now, I realize most of you listening to this message, watching on television, you're not paid professionals in the ministry. You don't get your paycheck from the church. But just because you don't receive your paycheck from the church, you are no less a part of God's kingdom purpose than I am. We are all in this for the same reason. We are all here on planet earth for the same purpose, and that is to expand the kingdom of God. Now think about this. If that is your life purpose to influence people for Jesus Christ, what effect would sexual immorality in your life have on that life purpose? If you're the leader of a small group or a Sunday school class, how would the news that you were 
leaving your mate? How would that affect your influence in that small group Sunday school class? Or let's say you, at business, you have a group of fellow employees you've been trying to witness to and share the gospel with. How would they react to your witness if it was discovered that you had pornography on your computer at work and you were dismissed? Uh, How would it affect your mate, your children, whom you're trying to influence for Jesus Christ, if it was discovered that you were involved in an illicit sexual affair? You see, the reason most Christians fall into immorality is they forget the mission. They think the mission is to please themselves rather than to serve God and expand his kingdom. And that's why in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, Paul said, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he might please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. If you're going to be a soldier in God's kingdom, keep the mission in mind. It's not to please ourselves. It's to please God, the one who enlisted us. And then in verse 22, he says, Therefore, flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Do you want to avoid the trap of sexual immorality in your life? The best deterrent to keep yourself from falling into sexual immorality is to remember your purpose in life and to live out that purpose. Understanding our purpose is a strong motivation to choosing purity over immorality. But there's a second choice our purpose helps us to make, and that is choosing generosity over greed. You know, sexual immorality is not the only trap Satan sets for us to turn us away from God. The fact is, a preoccupation with money, materialism, can also cause us to fall into sin. Uh, By the way, you don't have to be rich to be preoccupied with money. People with no money can be just as fixated on finances as those with a lot of money. In fact, and sometimes more so because they imagine money. If I only had this amount of money, I could really take care of all of my needs. Fact is, people get fixated on money for a lot of reasons. Some people appreciate the luxuries that money can buy. A beautiful home, designer clothes, a a foreign automobile. Other people like money and they love money because of the independence that it provides them. They think, boy, if I have uh, this amount of money, then, boy, I can go to my employer and say, take this job and, well, you know the rest of the sentence there. You know, I, I like the independence that money gives me. Other people love money because they have this imagination that the right amount of money will protect them from any adversity in life. Man, if I have this amount of money, I don't have to worry about layoffs or sickness or anything else that might uh, come into my life. It doesn't matter the reason you might love money. The results are always the same. Remember Paul's words in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10? He said, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith, and pierce themselves with many griefs. Underline that word in verse 9, the word snare. 
A snare is a trap that was set by a skillful hunter in order to entrap an animal. Satan is a master stalker. He's right now stalking you, trying to turn you away from God to devour your relationship with God. And one of the traps that he will set for you to turn your heart away from God is a preoccupation with money. You see, a focus on money, first of all, destroys our desire for God. A a focus on money destroys our dependence upon God. And a focus on money will destroy your trust in God. Think about that. If Satan is successful in destroying your desire, your dependence, your trust in God, he succeeded, hasn't he? And nothing can accomplish that goal any more than a fixation with money. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, No man can serve two masters. For he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus said you can love money, you can love God, but you can't love both. See, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, the Bible says. You've got to know what the focus of your life is. Jesus said you cannot serve God and money. Well, if you find yourself focused on money, what is the fix to your fixation on money? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, do you want to keep yourself protected from a preoccupation with money? A preoccupation that will quench your love for God and lead you into sin. Listen to what Jesus said the remedy for materialism is. Matthew 6 verse 19, he said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, or where thieves break in and steal. Instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, nor thieves break in and steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. And then so nobody misses the point in verse 33. He says it again. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. Let me show you the connection between uh, your purpose and materialism and your affections toward God. First of all, you have to start with your purpose. Your purpose in life. And Jesus said in in verse 33 of Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. So we got to first of all determine what our purpose is. Is it us or is it God? Is it building our kingdom or building God's kingdom? Now, once you get that issue settled, if you say, okay, my real purpose in life is seeking God's kingdom, expanding that rather than seeking my kingdom then that helps you determine next what your investment is going to be, where you're going to place your money. Your purpose determines your investment, okay? And that's what he's talking about in verse 19. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, not on earth. See, once you know that your purpose is spreading the kingdom of God, then that helps you to know where you make your investments. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. But then notice what he says in verse 21 Where you place your investments determines where your affections are. He says in verse 21, for where your treasure is, your heart will be. You see, wherever you invest your treasure, your affections will naturally follow. And if you want your affections to be centered on God rather than this world, then put your treasure in the kingdom of God. Um, 
In our last church, when we were having a building campaign, there was a man in our church who really wrestled about the amount of money he was going to commit to our building program. And finally, God spoke to him about an amount he had never even considered making. It was so large, and uh, but um, he made the investment. He was so glad he did. About a year later, after the campaign, uh, the man stopped by my office one morning, and he said, you know, Pastor, it used to be every morning when I got up, I'd get a cup of coffee, sit down, open the business section of the newspaper, and see how my stocks were doing. Because that's where my money was. It was all in the stock market. He said, now every morning I get up, have a cup of coffee, drive down to the church, and watch the construction project. Because that's where my money is. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, do you see how this works together? What is Satan trying to do in your life? He wants to turn your heart away from God. He wants you to get involved in the trap of materialism. More, 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 more. You want to fix that? You want to avoid that trap? Jesus says, okay, make sure your purpose is right. Understand your purpose is not here to build your kingdom, but God's kingdom. Knowing that purpose helps you make the right investment choice, investing in God's kingdom rather than your kingdom. And once you do that, automatically your affections will be centered around God rather than centered around this world. Living your purpose will help you choose generosity over greed. There's a third choice that living your purpose helps you make, and it's a crucial choice. That is choosing diligence over aimlessness. You know, purpose is to our life what the skeleton is to our body. It it gives shape to it. It's something to hang everything else off of. It's the same thing with our purpose. When you really grasp why it is God left you here, that he's enlisted you to be a soldier to expand his kingdom, it will give you the motivation to live your life with purpose. You see, because a soldier is one who disciplines himself. Just as a soldier in battle or an athlete in in competition will tame and train his body for maximum performance, so a soldier of Jesus Christ will understand how important it is for him to have his body as his slave rather than his master. Your body can either be the greatest asset or greatest liability in living your purpose. And that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he said, everyone who gets involved in competition has to learn how to discipline his own body. And he says in verses 26 and 27 of 1 Corinthians 9, Therefore I run in such a way as not without aim, I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline, I buffet my body. By the way, that's not buffet my body. It's I buffet my body. (laughs) And I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. You know what? Paul was most afraid of? What kept him up at nights? He worried that in some unguarded moment, he might fall into a sin that would discredit the gospel of Jesus Christ. After spending his life sharing the gospel with others, in one moment he might do something that would negate his influence for Christ. Folks, if we're going to be successful in life, If we're going to avoid the traps of the enemy, we've got to constantly remind our body who's in charge. It's not our body that's in charge of us. We are in charge of our body. Uh, Well, how do you do that? How do you buffet your body and discipline your body? 
You know, it means pushing away that second piece of dessert when you really would like to have it. It means uh, uh, closing Sports Illustrated and opening up your Bible. It means uh, uh, saying no to that extra rerun or sitcom on television and instead uh, uh, spending time in prayer. It means uh, getting up out of bed 30 minutes earlier rather than staying in bed on that cold winter's morning. Now, it's not that there's anything sinful by that, about that extra piece of dessert. It doesn't mean there's anything sinful about watching a sitcom on TV. There's nothing sinful about sleeping an extra 30 minutes. There's nothing sinful about reading Sports Illustrated, unless it's the swimsuit edition. You know, I, I, there's nothing wrong about those things. That's not what Paul is saying. He's saying, the reason I say no to these things and discipline my body is just to remind my body who's in charge so that when that temptation comes, I'll be able to say no. Now... Here's the point. You will never have the motivation to discipline your body and therefore stay out of sin unless you understand your purpose in life. Just as an athlete will find it very difficult to maintain his training regimen when there's no game on the calendar, just as a soldier will find it very difficult to keep going through those drills when there's no enemy in sight, So a Christian will have little motivation to discipline himself when he doesn't understand that he has been enlisted for service to Christ, when he has a clear view of his purpose in life. The Christian who doesn't understand his purpose of spreading God's kingdom, of influencing people for Christ, will eventually give up on discipline and give in to sin. Living your purpose in life is the best motivation I know of for disciplining yourself and avoiding the traps of the enemy. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Ephesians 5. He said, live your life then with a due sense of purpose, a due sense of responsibility, not as those who don't know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Don't waste your time. Make the best use of your time in spite of the evil days. Don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. God has placed you and me on this earth for a very specific purpose. The purpose of building God's kingdom and influencing the world for Christ. And once we understand the weight of that responsibility, Satan won't be able to deter us. Now, let me give you a suggestion for taking your next steps. At the beginning of today's program, I mentioned a book I've written that can teach you how to put on the entire armor of God. It's my book, The Divine Defense, and it's one that I think every Christian needs to have on his or her bookshelf because no one is immune from Satan's attacks. Satan is working overtime to bring every single one of us down. But if we follow God's plan for defense, then the devil, well, he doesn't have a chance. A copy of my book, The Divine Defense, is yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. And be sure to respond right away because the special offer expires this coming Monday. 
Now, before I turn this microphone back over to David, let me reinforce the critical importance of your support and the amazing results of your giving. The summer months can sometimes be lean for nonprofit ministries like ours, but at Pathway to Victory, the expenses we incur never seem to take a vacation. And our passion, our mission is to shine the bright light of God's truth in season and out of season. Thanks so much for remaining consistent and faithful with your financial support. We couldn't do this without you. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, we'll say thanks by sending you The Divine Defense. That's Dr. Jeffress's best-selling book on demons and spiritual warfare. To request your copy, call 866-999-2965 or follow the easy steps online at ptv.org. Now, when your gift is $75 or more, we'll also send you, in addition to the book, this month's teaching series on CD and DVD. It's also titled, The Divine Defense. Now, these messages come in their original, unedited form, meaning they contain much more content than we had time to share on the broadcast. And this is the final week that we'll be offering these resources, so get in touch right away. To request the Divine Defense CD and DVD set, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. You could also send your donation by mail. Just write to P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. In the present moment, things like saving for retirement or trying to get that promotion seem pretty important. But will those things really make a difference in eternity? Discover how to live your life according to God's eternal purpose. That's Tuesday on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.